Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. What is acceptable in one firm is not acceptable in another. Good training is related to the type of people and the type of work you only learn when you start practicing. So you typically want to get into the best environment you can. Okay, ready for questions. One of the things I was going to say, if you ask questions and it puts your name up, I will cut and paste. So I won't show your name if your name's showing up. I don't want people, sometimes people are very sensitive about that. I will do that. And then the other thing with is, is you can also raise your hand and I'll call on you and you can talk your question if you like as well. And then I will, or you can talk out loud and I'll be able to hear you and everyone will hear you. So you can do it that way. So you can either raise your hand or ask questions. And if you do ask a question, with your name and your name displays, I won't show your name. So it's, these are all confidential questions. So it's, I try to predict people's confidentiality, but sometimes people don't care. So it doesn't. Okay, let me just see here. So I'm trying to find some questions here. And again, ask any questions you like. First question is, is it possible to determine if law is the right career path for you while you're still in law school? One thing I recommend for all attorneys, if you're in law school, is to really do your best to try to get the best job you can. When you come out of law school, that gives you the best training. So you should look at what happens to people that join different types of employers. So I had, I, it was interesting when I got out of law school, I did a clerkship, but I was also in a, a townhouse, which was a, I don't know, really a townhouse, but it was two kind of apartments or anyway, it doesn't matter. But I was next to someone that was also had gone to a local law school I believe in Lansing, Michigan, and was working for the Social Security Administration and uh, making a lot more money than I was. But then very quickly, they ended up losing their job within a year or six months and uh, couldn't find anything else. And, um, and so you have to ask yourself what happens to people that do the career path you do. So if you do a federal clerkship or a state court clerkship, you'll typically get a job in a law firm or something else and you'll get training. And so your career path, and if you're in law school and a young attorney, is typically, and your goal needs to be to get the best training you possibly can. And you do not learn how to be a attorney in law school by any stretch of the imagination. You only learn when you start practicing. So you typically wanna get into the best environment you can that's going to give you the training. I always recommend the law firm. The clerkship is always good too, but the reason I recommend law firms is it will just give you more options later on. Your options can be to start your own law firm. It can be to go in-house. It can be to work in a bigger law firm, whatever it is, but you're going to get training in the law firm. Law firms will typically train you in two types of law. They'll train you in either consumer-facing law, which is things like personal injury and consumer bankruptcy and all that sort of thing, or they'll train you or trust in states, or there's a bunch of consumer-facing practice areas, or they will train you in corporate-facing practice areas, which are working for companies and people with a lot of money. So you have to decide which one you want to do. Typically, the best law schools, people will go to work for law firms who represent companies. Then the other law schools that are not the best, you'll go to work for people that work for law firms that represent individuals. And it's really up to you. No path is better than the others. The only difference is when you go for work in a law firm that represents companies that gives you options to go to work for companies later it also gives you to work that probably you get a higher salary if you go to work law firms represented individuals though that actually trains you in a business and you can have a very good career representing individuals in almost any city in the united states i it's funny every time i go on road trips i like driving and i go through all these small towns there's tons of billboards and things for personal injury attorneys and other people that represent 
people and they have good careers. And uh, so you can do all sorts of things with your career. But I definitely recommend everyone getting training to the extent you can in either a consumer-facing law firm or a corporate-facing law firm. Okay, what are the best ways to handle a negative coworker? Okay, so typically when you have very negative coworkers or people that you're working for or with, the best way is typically to just avoid that person. I certainly am used to dealing with deal with people that are often negative and and no matter what you do with negative people, they're never going to be positive. There are people that are just negative. And typically, you are going to rise to the level of the people that you're with. You want to do your best to be around people. If you're around negative people, then that's going to rub off on you. I have a kind of a personal philosophy. This may not apply to you, but when I'm dealing with people, there are certain types of people that I deal with that I can't avoid. So I will limit my contact with them. But if I'm, and I don't know who that would be, but that might be a lawyer, represent, I don't know. But there's certain people that you just can't avoid, so you limit your contact with them. And But if there are people that you can limit your contact with, those could be friends, they could be acquaintances, they could be even toxic family members. You probably should, you're going to be happier if you don't have me, unfortunately, you know, because it's just not productive for you to try to engage with those sorts of people. And it's just, unfortunately... That's the way it is. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Is this is another because why are attorneys, despite their prestige, money, and other benefits, so unhappy? Some people are just unhappy. It's some people are depressed. Some people are have other demons. Some people may be in toxic marriages, toxic relationships, toxic family situations, toxic. Who knows? So other a lot of people are just that way. It's not just attorneys. It's all sorts of people that will often be unhappy, despite all these things. So I, if you are in that sort of situation and that gives you, then you, there's ways around that. You can investigate getting different opinions from doctors and things. But one of the things that I would say is what has been proven to make people happy and to give people happiness. And so this is, I think, is a very important point. And it's community. So community means your family, your friends, religious groups, all those sorts of things. So when someone has a substance abuse problem and they send them to rehab, rehab is nothing more than sending you around a bunch of other people that are, again, there's tons of different rehabs, but essentially what they are is groups of people. And I live in, where I live in Malibu, there's tons of these places. I used to live right next door to one, which I couldn't believe. It was a big house with 20 bedrooms. And then all of a sudden the owner decided he was going to rent it out because for tax purposes, I don't even want to sell it or something in the future. So 
left and then he rented it out and then all of a sudden it was a rehab center. But essentially what the, and so I learned a lot about the business by talking to the owners and everything. And so essentially what they are is just groups of people coming together with similar problems and they talk through them. And that's what family is. That's what friends are. That's what religious groups are, is they're communities. And you will get happiness depending on the, your association with communities. This is really what's been proven to help people. It's what what happens when people are having problems is if they put them in a community, they almost always get better, whether it's going to A meetings or NA meetings or whatever. So this is how problems and happiness is fixed is based on community. If you are unhappy, you need to find groups of groups to be around. The problem being an attorney is that, and this is the biggest problem, this is the problem working in law firms and being attorneys, is you are in this environment where this is why attorneys aren't happy to answer the question, is you are in this environment where your peers are your enemies many times. They're trying to undermine you, they're trying to get the best of you, where your bosses are often your enemies, where your opposing counsel is your enemy, where the court's your enemy, where all these people, who wouldn't be messed up by that? I mean, think about it. So you have to counterbalance that with something positive and people and groups of people that are positive. The attorneys that have a lot of business and become very successful, like what they do is they literally will spend almost as much time out of the office meeting with people and talking to people and being part of groups as they will spend in the office doing legal work. And that's how they become successful. They don't become successful by sitting in the office and dwelling on all these problems and fighting and work. They make this cut and become, I, when I meet attorneys and attorneys with huge books of business, I don't even, I get a lot of, a lot of calls and every day and resumes and stuff. And, but what they do is they will spend just as much time on community and social type pursuits as they will, and making contacts as they will spend just sitting down and working. The people that are sitting down and working are the ones that are unhappiness. And unfortunately, that's what you need to do when you're in the role of your mentor role. But when you get out of that, you can do much, much more. That's what you need to do. You need to either have a very big community of friends and colleagues and a religious group that's supporting you. And you have a routine where you're going and meeting with other people, seeing other people. You need to have a family where you're doing that with. You need to have something. And nothing comes of isolated and uh, surrounded and just very toxic, often scary legal environment. It's the people that isolate themselves that don't have those issues. So I really, I know that there's people watching this and now and that will talk in the future that are unhappy. Your only solution to get out of this is not getting drunk or prescriptions or, and maybe, but getting high all the time, getting into all sorts of different sexual or romantic relations. These are not the solutions. They don't come outside of yourself. They come by hunting yourself with other people. This is what they do when people's lives are out of control and they're having all sorts of problems. They're solved best with community approaches. If you're a drug addict and out of control or a sex addict and out of control or an alcoholic and out of control, they, they get you in the, there's groups and those are really the big solution. It's not more the same by isolating yourself with some prescriptions or something. It's getting around a community and, and religions do that for people. And People join religious groups and the religious groups, they all follow diets or go. these things help. So groups, exercise groups, soccer, playing soccer with people every Sunday, all these things are what help. Actors are very good, even though they have problems too. 
they have all sorts of groups where they find themselves with others. And, and so people are really the solution to all these things. And, and that's why attorneys are unhappy because they isolate themselves offices. They work for scraps and bonuses and things they do. This is why they're unhappy. It's that. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay, so there's good points, but years in a toxic high-profile firm, it was totally abusive relationship. It really impacted me for years. Love the work I do in my solo. Yep, I've seen lots of attorneys that were very unhappy in large law firms become solos. A complete transformation happened where they, if they were good attorneys and really cared about the work, where they suddenly were happy and they changed their lives. Now, that's to say that would happen with everyone, but it does happen. And, and I've seen it happen to a lot of people that were completely psychologically demoralized and thought they would never fix it and then open their solo practices and became successful. Why is that? And happy. I think it's because suddenly clients were listening to them. Clients appreciated them. They had more control over their futures. They knew what was going to happen, all those sorts of things. So I think you have a very good point about how that can, that you became happy being a solo. And again, I think that is something also that can make you very happy as a solo practitioner. Some people do very well with that. They're appreciated. They have control and all those sorts of things. Any advice for a former government attorney, which probably means you were a U.S. attorney who's now in big law, 13 years of practice. So I think a lot of times former U.S. attorneys do very well. And again, I'm assuming you're a government PD, I don't know, a public defender in private practice. I think the firms often will give you business and all sorts of things if you're doing white collar criminal related work. And uh, my piece of advice would be to avoid toxic people, to try to do as well as you can in the work, and then to balance your career with things related to community, family, friends, and other sorts of things is going to make you probably more successful. That would be my piece of advice to you, if I, and I hope that helps. Okay, what is considered good training? Okay, so good training depends on the individual many times. Good training typically is related to getting feedback on your work, working with people that are working for big clients or the types of clients you want to represent. So if you want to be a personal injury attorney, they may have a robust personal injury practice. If you want to be a corporate attorney, they're working on big matters and then they're teaching you different things. Training attorneys when they're young and are developing habits. And the best law firms will turn in work that's very well researched most times, not all of them, very well researched, that is very thorough, anticipates issues that the client would want to avoid that is very well proved and looks good, that brings, that has credibility, that impresses the trier fact, whether it's a judge or the other side, that all those sorts of things. And then people will train you in that. So what is acceptable in one firm is not acceptable in another. So I'll tell you, I have very funny stories that I could tell from when I was practicing law, but I will tell you that, that there are law firms out there, big ones, not the most prestigious firms, but the lots of law firms that are big and practice 
I'm not even talking about insurance defense and things that just don't have the time to put in to do good work. And they will turn in work that is riddled with typos and formatting errors and inappropriate citations to case law and all that sorts of thing. And because of that, that's not good training if that's acceptable. So what is acceptable in one place is not acceptable in others. There's all sorts of, when you talk about athletes, it's interesting. There's all sorts of discussion articles and books about people like Coach Wooden and Pat Riley and all these other sorts of people. And they all have different trainings, training standards. Some of them are related to creating teamwork and people, but most of the time when you read and talk about and people write articles about them and have studied them and write books, it's really that the train that has coaches and they set very high standards for the people that they're and they don't just expect things to be done on practice. They make it so when they practice, it's just always going to be a perfect result in whatever they're doing. It's not, they're not happy with 80% or even 95. They want 99.5. So that that's what good training is. Good training means what leaves the door of a firm, what's acceptable in one place is not going to be acceptable in another. Quality of work and thought that goes into things that the very, very biggest and are not even the biggest, but the very, very best firm is going to be different than a lot of smaller firms. The way attorneys bring get people to cooperate and your bosses bring out the best in you as opposed to the worst is going to be different in different firms. So that's what good training. Good training is related to the type of people and the type of work that you how things are, that what's acceptable in one place and not another. How can a former lawyer that left to do other things but wants to return a law as traditional procedures credentials to maximize their chances? Okay, so one of the problems with leaving leaving the practice of law is uh, most law firms will assume that you're going to do it again. And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what happens. Almost all the time when lawyers hire people that have left the practice of law and those people come back, they leave very quickly. And if you think about it, you probably will too if you do, if a prestigious law firm hires you. Why is that? I don't know. But whatever was motivating you to leave in the first place is nothing is going to change. If you join a prestigious law firm again, you're still going to be upset with the hours, the pressure, the all that. But again, the law firm, you have to ask them. And again, I love doing this on every call. So here we go again. But the, here are the questions the law firms ask when reviewing the resume. And I would say questions smart law firms ask because they're not all smart law firms. And that's why, how you get in ask when reviewing your resume. So they'll ask, can you do the job? And that is, you probably can. Will you do the job long-term? Can you be managed? Do you want the job? And they'll ask other questions like, can we do better? There's a bunch of questions, but let's just talk about these. So here, you can do the job. So there's no question with your big law credentials and all that sort of stuff that you can definitely do whatever job that they have. So that answer is going to be yes. Will you do the job long-term? Almost certainly not. So why is that? Because you didn't do, you haven't stuck with it. You're going to do something. I'm going to tell you, by the way, when I get through all these questions, how you can get into a prestigious firm, because of course you can't, but I'm going to tell you what they're asking right now. So they're going to say, will you do the job long-term? Anybody that looks at your resume that has any sense of intelligence is going to know that the odds of you sticking with it are poor. Even if you say I had a bad experience doing something else, or just they know that you're not going to probably do the job long term. Can you be managed? Probably not. So the reason is being managed means are you going to sit around and listen to instructions from people that are younger than you and not get mad? And is are they going to believe that if you 
get upset, you're going to leave and all that sort of stuff. And that's exactly what they're going to think. So I don't think you can be managed. Do you want the job? You may want the job. You can possibly go in and convince them you want the job. And that would be saying I made a mistake leaving. I did it for this reasons. I had problems with my family or I was sick or whatever. And so you may be able to convince them that you want the job and that's possible. And then do we like you? They may like you. So this is another thing. So some people are exceptionally good. If they get into an interview, they can be very likable and people will want to hire them. And, and so they may like you. I don't know the answer to that, but it depends on what you did. But they may, so you may be able to answer that as well. So they may like you, and then you can put down yes. And then can we do better? Odds are probably yes. And so that means, depending on where the firm is. So if it's a firm in a smaller market, maybe no. But but if they if it's in a big market, then yes, they can definitely do better. They can they will hire people that have never left the practice of law. So if you are trying to get a job in a big market, which is things like New York, LA, Chicago, Texas, Houston, Austin, those law firms can definitely hire people that have never left. And as a matter of fact, that's all they hire. They will not hire. It is almost impossible to, in a big law firm in New York, it happens, of course, so there's exceptions, but it's almost impossible. So how do you get into a more prestigious firm? What you do is you get a job, you do your best to get a job in a smaller market that has big firms in it. And you go to what the biggest firm you can in that market doing your practice area, or you go to a smaller, you go to a firm in a big market that's smaller and you get the best job you can in that practice area. And you work very hard and do a good job and show a lot of potential. And then you move back in to a big firm, but you're going to need to show no big firm is going to take the risk of hiring someone if you're, you don't look like you're going to stick around. They just won't. You wouldn't either. Think about your background. You wouldn't take that risk if you were hiring someone like that. So that is what I would recommend. Okay. I think that's all the questions that we have. I certainly appreciate everyone being on this call. I hope everyone has a good break and a holiday and we'll of course be back next week. And I'm not sure what the topic is, but but I will we'll be back next week. And I very much appreciate everyone being here today. And I hope everyone has a great holiday and that this advice was helpful. We do, of course, this is recorded. We will send this, uh, when this comes out, it'll be on our website, hopefully in the next week or two. And if there were any parts that you missed, you can watch again. So thanks again, and I hope you have a good holiday. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.